0: I'd like to welcome everybody to Clergy Talk Podcast, The World Wants to Know. And today's episode, my guest is Sue Bowles. With that being said, please take it away and introduce yourself.
1: Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you having me on. As you said, my name is Sue. I am a master certified life coach. I am a speaker. I'm an award winning author. And most of all, I'm a Christian who really wants to speak. To Christians who are struggling with some kind of mental health struggle, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's something that's really on my heart. I know mental health has come to the forefront right now with the pandemic, um, but it, it's been there long before then. So I'm thankful for the opportunity now that people are willing to talk about it. And, and, and when I when I speak on podcasts or on the stage or, or you know conference presentations or even in my books, um, the main message is, is that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. I think, unfortunately, I think as believers, we shoot our own and and it's not the way it's supposed to be because I think we think we can pray away things Mm. or if you only have enough faith or, you know, or anything like that. And and, and I'm not discounting the power of prayer. I'm not discounting the the strength of faith, but I am saying that we live in a fallen world and that mental health struggles usually have some kind of biological and genetic base Mm. because we are fallen individuals. And that doesn't mean that we're lacking faith. It doesn't mean that we're not praying. It doesn't mean that we've done something that God's punishing us for. Right. It simply means that we live in a fallen world and it is a result of that fall. And I think the more that we are able as believers to be able to come to understand that a little more and start breaking down that stigma, And the more we can be the body of Christ, the more we are going to be able to come along each other, bear one another's burdens, and actually be what the Bible tells us to be. Okay. But 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 I think we we have let so much of society in our own. our own assumptions and what false beliefs or false interpretations of things mm, mm. to cloud how we interact that i honestly think some churches just don't know how to how to handle and how to help someone who might be struggling with something okay now i know the church has come a long way since let's say 50 years ago oh yeah
0: when every pastor and his cousin thought that if you had a mental health issue you're Demonically possessed.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: But that's not the case because I know uh, there's some times in my life where I was taking care of a relative and it it just really took a toll on me. So I had to go talk to a therapist. I said, I need to let it out. I need to talk to somebody. I didn't come back. I just wanted to admit that one day. But I had enough sense to know I need to talk to somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, I prayed about it too, but sometimes just talking to somebody and just Somebody who's trained, you know, in that profession um, helps a lot, you know, because I spend right. all my day listening to people, too, because I work in a mission mm-hmm. and stuff. So, right. and, I, and I'm looking at a lot of problems every single day. But with that being said, the church has come a long way.
1: Right.
0: However, we're still
1: not there yet. Right. Very much so. And, and, and that's why my heart is to speak to believers, because I was one of those broken believers. I okay. was one of those who was scarred and wounded and 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 held on the sidelines by mm. all of that. And, and because of I, I had childhood trauma. Mm. I had trauma throughout my high school years. I mm. developed an eating disorder in college. Oh, I was wow. suicidal. I've dealt with my parents divorce after 31 years of marriage. We just lost my mom 15 months ago. I was her mm. caregiver. So I have dealt with so much stuff in my life mm. that and because I didn't know how to deal with it, because no one was talking about it, because I didn't know how to express myself, mm. I, I, I I was suffering and I was in silence and it was coming out in other ways because you know, there's a book called the body keeps the score and, and the body keeps, the body will, will whatever is going on inside you, you can mm. try to cover it, but it's going to come out in some oh, way. Yeah, yeah, true, it will true, find true. a way out. Mm. And, and mine was finding ways out in very unhealthy ways, but I didn't know how to reach out for help and really say, this is what's going on. Okay. And, 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 and I don't think that people knew how to, how to help me because I didn't know how to help either. So I was one of those broken people, but I've since found, you know, found that healing and no, it wasn't like that.
0: Mm.
1: No, it wasn't somebody anointed me with oil and I was done.
0: Right, right, it, right. It has
1: been a long process. I was raped when I was seven years old by a Oh foster. my God! Wow. I did not tell anybody until my senior year of college. Mm. That I was in the that was in the eighties. I did not deal with that event until four over four decades later in, wow. in 2014 i finally started dealing with it mm. so if you can imagine when you are seven years old mm. your brain is really starting to develop and you have a, a, a life-altering trauma it is scientifically proven you can find it on the internet scans of the brain that a trauma literally rewires your brain so mm. my brain was rewired at seven years old the my, I, I tell people when I speak, my, my emotions were frozen in time. The longer you are in the freezer, the thicker the ice gets. Think of when mm. you're cleaning out your freezer, the thing that's stuck in the far back corner, how mm-hmm. thick is the frost on that thing? That's what, that, that's, what my, that's what my emotions were. Wow. By the time I finally got connected with a Christian counselor. And, and for the first, honestly, four or five years, six years, we were just trying to get me stronger in the present. Mm. So that I could then go back and deal with the past. Wow. But it wasn't until 2014, I finally started finding some healing. So it is not for the faint of heart. I'm, I know that. But mm. I'm here to be a voice of hope for people and say, it is possible. If you had told me in 2014, I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have laughed you off the face of the earth. Because I called myself the holy exception. I, I, the, the enemy had convinced me. I had bought the lie that everything in the Bible was good enough for everybody else but me. Because I was too screwed up, too far gone, mm. too scarred. And I was, I was just wasting space. And that's what wow. I felt like. And I, I came across a retreat program where people were Jesus with skin on. And that started melting my heart. And it was over the course of a number of years. I am still with my counselor now. I have been with her for 13 and a half years. And we're still finding stuff. We, You know, we're actually... There, there was some spiritual abuse in my life in the past that mm. has kind of come to the surface in some other ways. The mm. effects of it have come to surface in other ways that we're dealing with right now. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. It, does, it can happen overnight, but that's not my experience. Right. But right. I can tell you that, that all along, I have felt and experienced the love of Christ through others because I finally got to the point where I was willing to say, I need some help.
0: Well, you said something that really uh struck a nerve with me, when you said trauma rewires the brain. Oh yeah, that struck a nerve because I've I've been mm-hmm. into some uh pretty hostile events in my life and other mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm trying to figure out how many times my brain been been been, been rewired. <laughs> I'm smiling, but I'm not <laughs> smiling. You know what I mean? I know what but you're saying. That's like the smack in the face. Wow, Mike, you don't. Know, you never looked at all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and uh you know i've been I've been injured close to death a couple of times, and mm-hmm. you know' dealt with illnesses and and dealt with social trauma as well, mm-hmm. and I never thought that it rewires your brain because I created this person to deal with it, you know right. cap captain cool, I'm cool, mm-hmm. I'm okay, mm-hmm. I can handle everything you know, and yep. I, that that was the mask, and mm-hmm. as, as I got older when I dealt with it, I had a big cry, you know. Mm -hmm. Tears were just, you know, and I needed that, I needed that. And, you know, I think during the course of process, not right away, I did seek uh, therapy, like, you know, I was a caregiver for a minute, and after that was over with, you know, I talked to a therapist for a minute because I needed to deal with that. And then during that session, I talked about a whole bunch of other stuff that I wasn't even planning on talking about. Yeah, you know? I said, I got you. You're mine now for
1: an hour. <laughs> yep. And, and that's just it, is that people don't understand there is so much that goes on underneath the surface. Mm. And, and, and yes, you talked about the mask you, wear, you wore. I wore a mask in college. I wore a mask all the way through, through high school and graduate school. Right, right. Um, wow. Sue had it all together. Sue, Sue was the strong one. Sue didn't need any help. And because of that mask, that's where my eating eating disorder developed hmm. because, because and, and and just real quick, an eating disorder is a mental health struggle. It is a mental health health issue. It is the second most lethal of all mental health illnesses. Wow. Second, only, second only to opioid addiction. Hmm. And the reason for that, not only because of the suicide that's involved with, with eating disorders and depression, but also because of the intrinsic damage that people with eating disorders do to their bodies over time the body keeps the score that's how the body keeps the score Mm. you know so so even though you know you may look at me and say you don't look like you have an eating disorder i do i don't have one of the big three eating disorders Mm. but i have osfed which is other specified feeding and eating disorders so there are so many more and there are so many stigmas just about eating disorders that's another topic i talk about at other times mm. but <coughs> excuse me but you know, within that there are so many things that go on that yes we wear a mask when your when your brain is rewired because of trauma you go into fight flight or hide hiding mm. Mm. And, and, and you're either constantly guarded constantly hiding or constantly running And 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 that, you know, so you talk about the mask, you realize how how it had affected you. Mm. You know, I I I, I'm I'm dealing with things now where because I've mentioned some past spiritual abuse, where it has made it more challenging for me to really let people into my life, you know, on a day-to-day basis. In, in in deep ways in terms of having having good you know strong connection and friendships beyond just hi how you doing and that kind of thing. um and and i didn't realize until really a few weeks ago as my my therapist and i were digging into it that that had to do with 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 those situations that happened in the 80s and the early wow. 90s so wow. you know it's easy to think oh i'm good my guess is that there's something else deeper down that you've just gotten really good at covering
0: wow well.
1: I had a conversation with a friend of mine
0: long time ago, and she said she wasn't talking directly at me, but she was. Yeah. she said, "Mike, the child they got hurt caused you to create a- a protector
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when that protector thinks that child's going to get hurt again, he goes into kill mode, yep you know, and I said, Yeah, 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 blah, blah blah, blah, blah but on down the road, I thought about it. And I said, yeah, there's a child in me that got hurt. Right. And I created this protector. And when that child mm-hmm. is threatened, the protector takes over. Right. He says, get in the back seat. I got the wheel and I'm going to fix this right in any way I can. And mm-hmm. then I said to myself, well, what other kind of personality has got created because of that, Now that I'm multi-personality because I, right. I, yeah. I got a pretty good grasp of who I am now. Based on the healing process I went through, which was, you know, part spiritual and just part Mm -hmm. being able to talk to people and say, hey, look, Mm -hmm. you know, how you feel about this? You know, this happened to me then, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, you know, and I think that was a a, a healing process that didn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. It happened with me talking to several different people and just talking about stuff Mm -hmm. that I wanted to share because I didn't want to keep it in no more. Because right. I realized when you keep stuff in, you just get jacked up even more and more and more uh-huh. and more. And just anyway, mm-hmm. with that being said, keep on going, please. I'm learning stuff right now. <laughs>
1: uh, no, well, 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 when you were talking a minute ago, <coughs> excuse me, about how you keep it in, you get jacked up more and more. Yeah. That's, because, that's because our self-talk goes off the rail. Mm. Because we, we're talking to ourselves and the scary part is we're listening to ourselves. Wow, wow, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the scary part. Wow. Because, because we are not kind to ourselves. You know, now I, I know all of us have high expectations of ourselves. True. But but when you don't meet a goal, say say you're at the office and you make a mistake. What's you know, my, my question to people is when I'm working with clients, what goes through your mind? What are you telling yourself? You know, when, when you're calling to the boss's office, he's like, hey, something got goofed up on this report, and you should do it again. Do you walk out of there feeling like saying, I'm such a screw up. I can't believe I did that. I'm going to get fired because I can't do anything right. Is that where your brain goes? Or you say, mm. okay, I'm, I'm glad he caught it for me so I can make it right for the company. And then I can get going again. Two very different worlds of, of thought and talk mm. and that self-talk, you know, and it's, it's just where our brains go. Mm. But the question is, why do our brains go that way? Mm. Why, why, do, why is that insecurity there? where, where we feel like we are based on our performance and not who we are. Right. 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 So, 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 you know, so all of these things get tied up. You know, I, I I wore, you know, I said, I wore masks in college, my senior year of college, I coordinated three major events Mm. in in a few months of each other. I did, I was the homecoming chair. I did the winter formal and I did an 18 hour dance-a-thon. Wow! While taking classes, while working 20 hours a week and being in a sorority and little system of fraternity and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. I was not healthy, but it was because at that point, and I've since learned this I wrote my book, it kind of helped me learn a lot, a lot about myself mm-hmm. at the same time. And what I learned is that I was insecure because I felt I was valued if I was seen. Mm. So I was seen, I was seen when I was over-involved and therefore i matter and and the other part of it as my eating disorder started kicking in was that if i stayed busy i didn't have to think mm. if i didn't have to think i didn't have to feel and if i didn't have to feel i didn't have to deal with my stuff so it's been interesting to learn all these things about myself and to catch myself when i'm going into that again okay yeah, so so it's you know it we are we are very complex individuals Mm -hmm. And, but I don't think people slow down enough to really get to know themselves.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And and my guess is that somewhere a listener, when I said that in their mind, it went, I don't know who I am, or I'm scared to know who I am. And and if that was thought, my question is what's driving that? Mm. What's what's under that? Mm. Because that's a mask.
0: Wow, well, you know, I gave an analogy. I,
1: and I don't know if I'm the creator
0: of this analogy, but it goes like this. One person falls off a bridge, gets up, lasts it off, keeps on going. Mm-hmm. Another person falls off a bridge and never gets on a bridge again.
1: Right.
0: You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's how it is with life. Sometimes mm-hmm. one person goes into a life-altering, mind-shaking event, and for some strange reason, they manage to function another person shuts down completely,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? And I'm trying to, and I'm beginning to rethink that concept altogether because even though though the person who went through that same event appears to be functioning, inside there's a storm going on that's all over the place. Possible,
1: yeah. yeah. Very possible, yeah, very possible. I mean, to one degree or the other, when my mom passed, I was her caregiver she lived with me since 1997 okay over the the last eight years of her life as her health started to decline i became a caregiver and you know even though um even though that was such a tumultuous time i mean you know it's only 15 months ago Mm. but it's while while we were heartbroken we still had as the bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding and i can't tell you I, I, if I tell people, they probably think I'm crazy. But we found a way to even have a little fun in the hospital room, and and not that not that what we were going through was fun at all, not at all. Mom didn't wake up for the last seven days of her life, yet we had nieces and nephews and friends and family calling and leaving messages you know texting messages leaving video you know, audio messages that were playing for her so everyone could be involved in in the sanctity of what was happening mm, mm. You know, we even just simply like we put on pandora next to her ear so she heard it playing while we weren't able to be in the room you know and and, and there there were so many other things you know we, even with, like years ago she was over in rehab um, mm-hmm. after being in the hospital for 6 weeks and, you know, Friday night was family fun night. So my brother and I, it was about a mile from our house. My brother and I would go, go over and we'd bring outside dinner and we'd play cards in the, uh, in, in the day room, you know? Wow. Now, okay. now she's, she's trying to get strong again. And she was insanely weak for a while, yet we still managed to have fun, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. so, so it, it is a mindset. It does not come easy. And even that mindset is because of a lot of work that's been done mm. and, a lot, and a sure foundation because even even those experiences i just shared could be looked at as a mask of what you're really feeling mm. they were they but but they were they were not they were very genuine because one mom was a believer and i knew was where she was going
0: right 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 right
1: was the presence of god was so thick in that room it was so thick and even the day she passed is such a treasured moment for me um, and, and helped me understand some of the verses, you know, how uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is, is the death of his loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I understand that in a whole different way now. Um, it doesn't mean I didn't cry a lot of tears. Right, right, right. Oh, right, no. right, And 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 I I had been with my counselor, you know, going every other week. And I had told her, whenever it comes a mom passes, we're going weekly. We have been weekly since for the last 15 months. You know, wow, so, wow,
0: wow, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. wouldn't
1: be this far along
0: without that help wow that's amazing i think a lot of men are scared to get help yep and uh even within my culture probably more in my culture Mm -hmm. they're just scared to say you know i need to go see a therapist they're scared to say i I need to talk about this and Mm -hmm. and 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 not just my culture but probably men in general you know they don't want to deal with that stuff that happened in the playground where they got punched in the nose by somebody you know went home and told dad and dad will say suck it up buttercup be a man you know right but but you, i got punched in the nose at five years old that's what the guy's saying use mm-hmm. that as analogy sure. and like you said like i just learned today every trauma rewires the brain and getting punched in the nose is a problem you know? right right so so we as men we go well, you know, uh, and me being a baby boomer, of course, you don't cry as a baby boomer. That's like, right. no, no. And then the 80s turned around and I said, Lord, help this generation to cry babies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come to the realization, maybe they had something then, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe it made a lot of sense, but,
1: yep.
0: and, and I think uh, I would encourage if you're a male listening to this episode and something has happened to you, go get a therapist, you know, talk to somebody, you know, do something because you can't, you can't do therapy on yourself. That's one thing I know for right. a fact, you know, right. it's, it's not right. going to work. So what was the, <coughs> what, what actually caused you to actually seek out a therapist? yeah, What was the, throw your hands up, I
1: quit, I got to get a help moment for you. Well, I've been been seeing a counselor at different points in time, just because you know, I had a sense something wasn't right. right and right. then I, I, I had, you know, I had a number, a number of years where I wasn't. Everything seemed to be fine. My eating was fine, and everything. Mm. In 2005, I lost a very dear friend uh, to cancer, mm. and when three years later I was grieving her like yesterday. Wow. Wow. And then, and then my red flags for my eating disorder were starting to pop up. So that that was the yeah i got home my pastor and he connected me with a christian counselor who also specializes in trauma and ptsd and uh, eating disorders and everything and i've been with amanda since like i have her this afternoon after this after this podcast and um that was what started it now okay yeah, you know, now I went in, you know, about the eating disorder and stuff. Now Amanda, she was the 1st count, couns—she is the first counselor who ever ever really gave me homework. And my homework the first week was to write down my life timeline.
0: Mm. And then we
1: went—we spent time over the next three or four sessions going over it. Well, by the second, second or third session, um, it came out about the rape. And she looked at me and said, "Have you? This is huge. Have you ever dealt with it?" I said, "I wouldn't know what it looks like to know that I've dealt. To say I've dealt with it." And I said, "I guess wow. that's your answer." That was 2008. It took us six years till we could get me ready to deal with it. So, um, you know, so that, that was my, my, my throat, my hands moment. Um, I think within that, you know, I told her early on, I said, if I am going to do this, I am not stopping until we're done because I'm not starting over again.
0: Right. Because what, right. The,
1: pattern, <coughs> so right, right, what right. the pattern was that, you know, I'd be fine for a while and then I'd get out of counseling and it might take a longer period of time. But over time, it would kind of all start coming back again. Mm. So I, I looked at Amanda about the third, about the third or fourth session. In, and I said, what do you think it is? You know, what's kicking the eating disorder? And she said, I think it's just a bunch of unresolved, unresolved issues. Mm. And, it, mm. and, and it was, and it was. Mm. Um, now I've been in recovery from my eating disorder since 2016. Um, doesn't mean I don't struggle. I still have my dietitian I get with every three weeks. Mm. And she's part of my treatment team. Um, you know, when mom with my mom's been in the hospital when she was passing I was in constant touch with them because when stress is high it's easy for an eating disorder to kind of take over and you you easily forget to eat so (laughs) having to have have that I want to jump back real quick to your analogy about being punched in the face at five
0: right 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 right
1: for your listeners the reason Michael was saying reach out and, and and dig into that Is because while it happened a long time ago, you think, oh, no, it doesn't bother me anymore. My guess, the thought that went through my mind is that if you're punched in the playground, on the playground at five, went home, told a parent they were not supportive, you were not defended. Therefore, you you didn't feel valued. Mm. Therefore, you felt like you didn't have a voice. Right, 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 right. All at age five. Think of how that came into play throughout the rest of your life. Mm. So instead, instead of feeling protected, you felt unprotected. Mm. Therefore you became the macho man to protect yourself. Yeah. It's it's, it's not how you've always been. It's only what you've known, Mm. but that can be changed Mm. because again, there is still a five-year-old little boy who wants to be loved Yep. who wants to be protected
0: yep, who true. wants to
1: know they matter for who they are yeah not what they do or what they don't do mm. and and all of those that's what i mean like there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on underneath that we don't think about oh absolutely. Yeah. because then you think about that okay how does that become a you your drive and determination for work is it i got to be tough so i got to keep climbing the ladder mm-hmm. and then your relationships yep. suffer yeah because put
0: on, put on the game
1: face you know? yeah. put, put on the game face i gotta yeah. do this i gotta yeah. prove myself i gotta prove that i have value and your wife and your children are suffering because you don't know how to build a relationship with them or mm. how to maintain that relationship with them it is so intertwined and people don't understand that so i wanted to come back to that just as an example of, of, of why we are why we want to talk about these things Mm. Now it doesn't mean that every person has a trauma in their life. Right, right, right. I, I I'm a master certified life coach. I work with clients who want something better for themselves, mm. and and won't don't want to stop until they get it. Right, right, so right. I, I I I work with clients who are driven to get where they want to go, and and what's cool is a year ago this time last year. <coughs> I had a mother daughter reach out to me. They had had a major falling out from, from COVID the previous Thanksgiving.
0: Mm. They, had had,
1: they, had, they had rated their relationship about a 10 out of 10. Wow. When they came to me after the fallout, they said it was down to about four out of 10. And oh then my God. After about three, about three or four months, they said, we're back to an eight and we think you've given us the tools. We can move, we can take it from here. What they were dealing with was learning how to communicate. These are two grown adult women that were learning that they were making assumptions, that mm. they were not they were not fully listening, that they were not understanding it from the other person's perspective, all because of this fallout. And it brought out some stuff, but now they've experienced healing. It's been over a year. They're doing great. Um, the, the daughter is 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 pregnant and going to be a mom again. Okay. And mom, you know, the mother's going to be a grandmom again. So you know and 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 all of that was issues of contention <clears throat> so it's neat to be able to see that so right. was, as a as a life coach i can help and 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 that's what i i, I want to be a resource so if your listeners are in need of something if they want to try to work through some of these things now there 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 are boundaries between coaching and counseling right and
0: right
1: right i'm up against those you know i will work through work that through with them and and if it's something that i am not qualified or ethically able to help work through then i, I will certainly help connect them to resources
0: right, right but if, right. It,
1: if, it's, if it's relationship issues communication issues job career boundaries finances general stress Ooh. general anxiety you know social anxiety is a huge thing right now Ooh. i have a client i'm working with right now who is a male who was very uh very hesitant to To get involved, to reach out to anyone, to you know, to leave his house and and try to interact with people because he's like, I don't know how to anymore, and we're work, we've been working on that, and now he wants to be a leader at his church. Wow, wow! And yes, this is a grown man, and now he's go, he's well, he he wants to work towards a career change. So we're working with that. I worked with a, a gentleman out in Nevada or, uh, last year mm-hmm. who was tired tired of his career. Um, in, in a very technical field and wanted to start his own business so we were okay. working through that so so there are men out there who are reaching out because they want something better for themselves and and, and i can be a resource and help them with that as well
0: okay so now i gotta ask this question sure uh, women and men i know women and men deal with stuff differently you know mm-hmm. well that's what i think well that's what i've been told so well, us. Yeah, really, pretty, pretty much. So is it easier to work with other women, you know, that are seeking change, or is
1: it easier to work with men? Um I haven't really seen a difference. Hmm. Hmm. But, but, because again, the people that I work with want something better. And right. they, 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 they have an idea of what they want. Okay. And I get to, I get to help them see their dream become reality. Okay, so so because, because they are determining what they want and, and, and how they're going to go about,, you know, and then we're we'll working on we work with, with, with the best way to help them get it and develop the skills they can get it, I don't really don't see a difference because when, when they come to me, they're hungry, they're eager, they might right, be hurting, right, right. might be confused and, and, and not knowing which end is up. But we start, we start you know, picking that apart. The gentleman I'm working with, you know, with the career change right now, mm-hmm. we, we spent time recently just talking about, okay, you know, once a career change? and not sure what. So we talked about you know, what interests you, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know what, what skills do you have now? What do you want to develop? What do you want to leave at the wayside? And, and we just started, started digging in. So b- again, because, because my clients already, excuse me, already know what they want. They just don't know how to get there.
0: Right, right, right. They're, they're right. already,
1: they're already motivated. So yeah, I don't, I don't really see a difference.
0: Okay, okay. And the <laughs> next question is this: um, Do men and women deal with trauma differently, or is it still is that the same?
1: Um, how someone deals with trauma is a highly individual situation because it's affected. You know, it, it's affected by by your your environment. Mm. It's affected by your fam- by your family. Mm. your relationships your foundation so no trauma is dealt with the same by by any any individual right 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 right. because that traumatic experience is specific and unique to the person who unfortunately experienced it Mm. Mm. and and just just as i'm not going to tell somebody i know exactly how you feel i don't know how you feel because I'm not you true right right i may have i may have something i can draw from to help Mm -hmm. me relate Right, right. I do right, not right. know how you feel because I am not you. Exactly. So exactly. It, for the exact same reason, trauma, a response to trauma is individualized because it happened to an individual.
0: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense because <clears throat> I consider myself to be a very empathetic person, you know, versus I kind of like, I, I, I understand what you're going through and I can, I can feel your pain mm-hmm. versus, I may not understand, you know, how you're dealing with it, but I kind right. of feel it, you know, right. Right. versus, versus some people are compassionate. Well, yeah, whatever, but are you feeling what they're feeling though? So, you know,
1: Right.
0: you right. can say, Oh, poor baby, that never should have happened. Anyway, see you later. But you know, me, somebody tells me something that happened to them. I might think about it for a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm right. trying to get it in my head. Oh, wow. You know, wow. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to walk in that person's shoes. I'm going, like, wow. You know, and a lot of times I can't even grasp it, you know, or grasp mm-hmm. what they're feeling with, but I kind of understand it. I guess it's because in my life I've had my moments, you know, where i the, the smack in the face moments where why'd this happen, you know? Right. But I think through a, a period of spiritual growth, talking to people mm-hmm. and and having a bit cry a couple of times helped yeah. me to get rewired right on the right track, which Caused me to become a better pastor, a better minister, right. and you know, pretty good doing my career career that I'm finally get a chance to work in that I've wanted to work in all my life, you know. But I I know God knew I wasn't ready at a point when I had all right. this garbage in my closet, so you know, which caused me to be a potential maybe walking time bomb, you know, mm-hmm. until I address those issues. And I, I think right. that uh, I think we as human beings have a lot of issues that. Some are small, some are huge.
1: What's interesting, when I was in eighth grade, you, know, you have your little class book and everybody signs it. <clears throat> Somebody signed my class book to the girl who's always mad. Mm. And I did not realize for the longest time how truthful that was. Wow. But Monica saw something that I did not. Mm. And and, and, and you know, that's not me anymore. But here in eighth grade, she was seeing it. Mm. I'm like, how insightful was that? here is another point i wanted to make real quick you're talking about different tiers you know as i've walked my healing journey you know i mentioned a retreat program i became became part of I became part of walking stick retreats and um it's the living legacy of rich mullins who was a christian musician in the 90s his big mm. song was awesome god and we get together and the whole concept behind walking stick is that we all have need help along our journey right so right, right, right. help along our journey well the first year you know, I went in and I was imploding. It was the year we were dealing with the rape. Um, since I have an eating disorder, emotions are not my friend. And of course, when you're dealing with something traumatic, you're dealing with a lot of emotions. And I was starting to implode. I was not doing well. A staff member since said that it was as if that first year was a type of Hail Mary for me, of going to it of as of, my Hail Mary pass. Could God really love me? Am, mm. I, really lov- mm. am I really lovable? Wow. And I, I mentioned before, I went into that retreat calling myself the holy exception That mm. everything I was on the outside looking in and there's no way I was going to get in, Even though I was a believer, I left there being able to say for the first time and starting to believe that Jesus Christ loves me. And he not only loves me, he likes mm-hmm. me, absolutely crazy about me. Now that started a whole process. Mm. The next year, and what happened was, I had I had to own my story. I, mm. was in deni- I was in denial about my story, and I hated my story. and And I had to come face to face with my story that that, that mm. weekend, and I did. And I cried, and I cried hard. Wow! And, and yeah. what was cool in front of fifty people, mm. but what's well, what's cool with fifty people around me. But what's cool is that this retreat sets up a Facebook group before the a few weeks before the retreat, so we can get to know each other that first year we were all strangers and they asked us to be bold and share our story I lurked in that room I stalked others I commented on others encouraged others but I wasn't sharing my story until Mm -hmm. about four days in and one day I finally wrote it Mm -hmm. it was the first time I had publicly shared my story wow some of my siblings didn't even know my story at this point Mm -hmm. and um I waited all day long I remember hitting that hitting sand and post and i was like shaking like t- body tremor shaking from nerves oh, oh. and i waited all day long waiting for the response that i had known all my life you know you're such a screw up you know you're it's it's all your fault why do, you know all this others all the blaming and everything here i am seven and a half years later and i can tell you not one comment like that has ever been made wow instead instead it was you're so brave mm-hmm. i want to you a hug i can't wait to meet you thank you for sharing and trusting us Mm, that's wonderful that started to show me that i was lovable and that i mattered Mm. now the next year at retreat i had to grieve my story there is a lot of loss in my story Mm. seven and all the way through all kinds of other stuff that i had never grieved but to heal you have to grieve Yep. There You're talking about tears. There are you, your tears, are, you can look at them under the microscope. Mm-hmm. And depending on what your tears are releasing, your mm-hmm. tears have a different makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Grief, grief tears and happy tears and onion tears are three different things. Exactly. That, that's how complex we are. So I literally was dry, heave, coughing, <gasps> <just> crying mm-hmm. <gasps> that hard for about mm-hmm. 15 minutes wow and yet nobody said a word someone came over put his arm around me and later found out prayed god whatever it is put it on me and 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 that was in the middle of of, of a very very special time at retreat on saturday night and that was the year i grieved my story and started letting it go Mm. the next year now that i had that i don't want to say out of the way but i had those first two first two paramount things dealt with then God could start pouring me in because I had to empty out all the junk that I was hanging on to yep, before yep. he could pour in. And that mm-hmm. process is painful on both ends of it. Mm. But when I started pouring in the next year, this is when things started to turn for me. I walked away with the nugget that I am valuable to God. And my challenge to your listeners is dare to believe that you matter. Yep. I dare you to believe. Because when I started to dare to believe that I mattered, when I dared to believe that I am valuable to God, mm-hmm. that's when things started to change. That's when the book started really starting to take off. That's when I started having more courage to deal with the crap in my life mm-hmm. because i I was my I, I was for my counselor what I say I, my clients are for me. Right, I right, right. I wanted something better for myself, and I wasn't stopping until I get. It.
0: Wow, wow.
1: And, and, and now here I am, 2022, master certified life coach, frequent podcast guest, award-winning author, the whole deal. And my greatest joy, though, is having this one-on-one and group conversations with my clients. Wow, wow. Because I, I get to come alongside them. I really relate to that
0: because, uh, you know, we have layers. Everybody has layers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very hard to make yourself... Reliving an event that you don't want to deal with, you right. know. Right. So I know, I know during my healing process of uh, well, a couple things. I lost my mom when I was ten. Mm. Of course, I cried at the funeral, right. but I think at thirty-two years old, I cried again, mm-hmm. and those were the real tears, you know.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That that was the stuff of me bottling up, saying, "I didn't have a mom growing up. I had nobody teach me about women." I Sorry. had figured this stuff out on my own, which yeah, I probably it doesn't
1: work that way. Which
0: I probably figured it out wrong. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work and, that way. Right, it doesn't work at all.
0: But you know, I think a mother is very important in a son's life. You know, he yep. he has to see that nurturing, the loving. You know, yep. Yep. the oh, you bruised your knee. You know, and all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so the real tears came at thirty-two years old. You know, yep. and yep. Uh, and that was something I bottled up for twenty-two years. Mm-hmm. I said, I ain't dealing with that. I don't even want to deal with it. I don't even right. want to go there because right. that means i got to relive that event, you know, right. and I don't want to do that. So right. there's a lot of people walking around with events. They don't want to relive.
1: Right.
0: You know, they'll, they'd rather just say, I'm okay. If I'm okay, you're okay. So we're all okay. Right.
1: <laughs> and they're lying to themselves anytime. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then relationships go wrong, you know,
1: stuff and, 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 comes and, and, out of work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was on retreat earlier this year or late last year and in my small group, somebody said, so we're talking about masks again. And right, right. somebody said something that I looked at her and said, ouch, and yes. And she simply said, masks are sin. Mm, mm. We're bearing false witness. Yeah, that's yeah. We're not yeah. being authentic. And, right, and more, right. than, more than that, we're not we're not laying down that living sacrifice. Mm. We keep crawling off the altar and when we wear a mask, we let it keep crawling because we don't want to deal with it. We don't right, want to say, right. God, it hurts to lay my heart open to you and I'm going to let you do your open heart surgery without anesthesia anyway. Wow, and, wow. And, and, and instead, you know, what's it say? In Hebrews, talk about uh, we are living sacrifice and living sacrifice likes to crawl off the altar and mm. you got to keep crawling back up there and nail it there again. It so mm. it's a constant battle. But when we wear our masks, when we're like, you know, what? I'm just not dealing with that, you know, that's part of that's that's part of your heart that Jesus Christ wants. Right. And you're denying him of it. Right. 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 And you're right. not letting him be Lord of that part of your life. And when he becomes we know in other aspects, when he's Lord of our life, we know how well things go. But it's like, no, God, you're just not good enough for this part. This part, you know, you can cover everything else, but you can't do this. <laughs> that's that's like me that's like me saying i was the holy exception Mm. that's like saying okay god you you got everything else but that area that's the holy exception yeah yeah that 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 Mm. that one's too screwed up too far gone for you to touch Mm. Mm. that's Mm. what we're saying that's when when we are intent when we aren't letting god be fully lord of our lives
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah then, then we're doing cafeteria Christianity.
0: yeah yeah well, you know, today's cool kids always say, keep it real. But you mm-hmm. gotta wonder, are you really keeping it real? You know? Am I really seeing the real you or is it, it just part of the layer, you know, right. part part of the mask, like you said. And are you really being authentic? Because like I say, we create these these personalities mm-hmm. to deal with other personalities that got damaged. And uh, right. and you know, I'm I, I thank God that I got to a point where I don't need a protector. You know, right. I don't need that person no more. You know, right. I don't. You know, because I because I completely lean on Christ. Right. But I say there was a process I had to go through,
1: right? You know?
0: And the process was trusting to tell my story to people mm-hmm. so they can help me with my story. You know,
1: right? right.
0: So we can Wait. we can look. Yeah, so we can look back at the stuff and says, well, mm-hmm. you know, that event happened, but it doesn't
1: define me as a human being. Right, yeah. and, and, and 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 that's the point I'm at now is that, um, you know, <clears throat> I've had so much stuff happen to me for the longest time mm. that I let that define me. I was hacked off at God for a really long time. He and I had a lot of arguments about why'd you let this happen to me. Oh um, no, oh, but, yeah. but 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 where I am now is that. I know that through those, one, I know God never abandoned me, even though I convinced myself of that Mm -hmm. at numerous times. I know he never abandoned me. I know it wasn't as well, but we also live live in a fallen world.
0: Right, 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 right. um,
1: But what I can say is that now I know that the experiences I've had and I've had allow me to relate to a wider audience. Mm. And, and he is giving me that audience. Yep. You know, he's, yep. he's allowed me to be on nearly 100 podcasts in just two years. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of things opening up, you know, speak at national conferences. So, you know, and my, my coaching clients. So, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, but, mm. and I would go back real quick, and I know we're running out of time. Um, I'm gonna go back real quickly to you as a comment about, you know, keeping it real that doesn't mean that you wear your life on your sleeve with every person you meet. Right. There, right. There is, right. There's right. wisdom. Yes. There's wisdom and discernment that is needed. But what it does mean is that God, Jesus had 12 close apostles. Yep. Those are the people he spent his life with. Those are the ones that he was real with. Those are the ones that he invested in and let invest in him as well. True. True. And, and I'm not saying you got to have a circle of 12. But I am saying the principle is there for connection and the principle is there to have a couple people that you will let in and walk with you through the mud and the mire because you know they're going to not let you fall and they're going to carry you and walk with you through the other side. All right. Yeah. That's, that's the charge we all have. Jesus Christ exemplified that through choosing his 12. So it doesn't mean you got to be real with every single person you meet. There is discernment. There is caution involved because your story is sacred, and it's not one to be told to every single person. That's true. That's which, true. which sometimes that's why some of us have counselors because they they can't tell anybody. <laughs> so, right, 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 so right, 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 right. So I just when to circle back to that before yeah, we run Yeah. Well, you know,
0: first Sue, tell us about the books you've you've written, and and give us give my client give my audience some idea about how they can find your books and all that. Yeah. stuff
1: this is the book called this much i know the space between okay it is on amazon and kindle and right. it came out right. came out in 2019 okay and won, won second place nonfiction in november 2020 okay so it's, uh, my first book it's self-published so okay. getting the more in that recognition tells me i'm i'm, I'm on the right path the, the book is my story. You know, I, I, I've alluded to a lot of things that I didn't go into. The book, the first half of the book, the concept behind the title is This Much I Know is My Story. Okay. All of us have a story. And that is the one thing nobody can take from us. Now, just like Michael was just saying, how we how we let that affect us? Do we let those events define us or do we spin them on their head and define them right that that, um, that's how has how we're all writing our story now so Mm. the first half of my story the different events that i experienced um and 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 people important people in my life and how they how they had a role in my life that i came to see numerous years later the second half the space between talks about the healing journey that god took me on uh, Mm. and still has me on so it talks about these retreats it talks about in detail more of what happened when God finally, when I finally let go. It wasn't God oh. breaking through, it was me letting go. Right, I, share right, couple, right. I share a couple of my journal entries from, you know, as things were happening, um, to, of, of what God was doing in my life. Uh, and, and I talk about, talk about how I had to own my story, how I had to grieve it, and then from knowing that I was valuable. And, and so it goes into a lot more detail about that. So that's on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, you can also go to my website there's a link to it there the website is suebowls.com I'm sure Michael will have it in the show notes and then there's even mystepahead.com as well but the second book I'm working on now is this this much I know is going to be a three-part series okay second book second book is it has a working title of this much I know it's okay to not be okay and we're going to dig into the stuff you and I just talked about Mm. about why are there why these struggles are there right 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 right, why do we feel like we can't you know, why do we feel like we have to keep up with the Joneses? Mm. Where are the masks? And, and different resources available and those kind of things. The third book, the concept working title is going to be 45 minutes in time. And it's going to talk about life altering events. And that was the length of time my rapist helped me.
0: Mm. And
1: um, um, the uh, 45 minutes in time is going to talk about life's defining moments mm. and how we just we were talking about how how we reframe them, how we go from them defining us to us defining the effect they have on us. Wow! And then I, I have a, I have a fourth book concept in mind too called Grace Waves, and, and that talks more about uh, just just and when you can feel God is really working and that grace gets you through the tough times. So wow. A lot lot of ideas. Um, they haven't quite made it all out the finger yet. out my fingers onto the keyboard yet. But mm. uh, you know, working on it. So all right. All right. Well I gotta ask you one more question before I let you sure. go. Sure.
0: What's your what's your favorite book of the Bible?
1: My favorite book of the Bible is Philippians. Oh, it wow. is meat. Okay. Um, I started memorizing I worked at Canna Cut Christian Sports Camp in Missouri for five years. Mm-hmm. And I started memorizing it while I was out there. I've got I need to brush up, but I had chapters one and two and, and going in part of three oh. memorized. I, I, I need to brush up on it. So that if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. Um, but but with, with it, there, there's such, there's just so much meat in there that if you really slow down and read it one verse at a time and, and, the, and one paragraph at a time and not a chapter at a time, um, you, you, there's just so much meat and potatoes in there. Exactly, exactly. Well, and and, and, and on that note, if I can leave your listeners this, go ahead, please. This this is why one of the reasons Philippians is my favorite book, but it's also my encouragement to you. Philippians 1 6. I am convinced of this that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. Wow, that's definitely powerful. Well, with that being said, Sue, thank you very much for appearing on Clergy Talk Podcast. You gave us some much needed information. And I hope somebody will listen to your advice and go get the help they need. And with that being said, I'm going to continue to pray for your healing, pray for your success, pray for your ministry, and
1: pray for your entire family. And I hope you you have a beautiful and blessed year. I appreciate that, Michael. Just real quick. Um, I do offer a 15-minute consultation. So people can go to my website, SueBowls.com. There's a form there. Fill that out. If there's something I can do to help you, I, I, I open up my schedule a few times a year to take on a few new clients. Okay. I'm in that window right now. So I have I have availability. And if there's something I can do, do you know, to help you, I'd be happy to do that. Um, you know, Share with you a little bit of, of, some, of the, some of the different things I help with coaching with. Um, so please reach out to me. Let me know. I'd love to come alongside you and help you out.
0: Thank you for that, because I hope somebody takes advantage of that opportunity. I hope so. All right. You have a great day, and and thank you you again one more time for being on Clergy Talk. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.